It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. St Mirren head to the capital looking to upset another top six contender like they did last week. After a week where sectarian abuse has been the focus, Kilmarnock get back to business at Livingston and then it's all set up for a Scottish Super Sunday with the big Glasgow 2 take on the big Lanarkshire 2 tomorrow. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. We've had a difficult week on the decency front. Time to give football a chance. Time to purify the atmosphere. Dundee and Hibs start it off last night Giving us a six goal thriller at Dens It would be nice to think that Hearts and St Mirren Livy and Kilmarnock And St Johnston and Aberdeen Could provide the same thrills and spills In the Premiership And then There's the Jags against the Stags At Firhill If you want to reintroduce sanity into football Always start in Maryhill I say <laughs> Go on Willow well, follow you. Oh, it's a hard act to follow. But <laughs> listen, you was right. I, I mean, a lot of big games uh, in our top league. But I, I, I was particularly intrigued by that game. I said to Hugh when I, I came in uh, today, can Thistle win again against Ross County? Because what a turnaround it's been from Gary Caldwell. But the games in our top league, St Mirren yeah. away to Hearts, can they get something for the second week now at a row? A glimmer, a glimmer of hope last week with the way they played and the goal that they scored was an absolute cracker. Can they do the same again? Not so sure Kelly, can they bounce back? They've been in the headlines all week And St Johnson, Aberdeen Well, Aberdeen have got the chance to, to put points on the board Ahead of Rangers and Celtic tomorrow Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the football today, Gordon It's obviously been a busy week with off-the-field issues And uh, like the guys were saying I'm actually looking forward to see how Kamalip responds You know, they've had a tough week uh, Livingston on a really bad roll at the moment And uh, Mole Club St Mirren Can they get anything at hearts? Very difficult venue to go to And Hugh we understand The modern day we live in Television calls the tune So oh. our league is strung out Over three days yep. um, But but it does add that, that different type of tension I mean you can take it The top or the bottom Of the league St Mirren go today Having watched Dundee Lose last night And yep. then perhaps Banking on Hamilton Losing tomorrow Who knows Um And you're always looking At that stage of the season Now you're looking for your rivals What did they do Can we capitalise Yeah of course uh, I don't think that St Mirren can capitalise in uh, Edinburgh But the great thing for Oran Kearney is That's what I said about St Mirren in, in Aberdeen last <laughs> yeah. weekend And that all went very well uh, And for the, the Jags in the Championship The chance I think to go level points with Dunfermline And bring them into the equation Because Dunfermline are at Air United Air United are a better team than Dunfermline It's all very logical until the game start Yeah something like that We've got the top team All around the grounds As well So let's start Where shall we go first What about Hearts Against St Mirren At Tynecastle Watched by Fraser Wishart As you guys were just talking about A big time of the season For St Mirren And uh, they come here To Tynecastle And pretty good fettle Having got a point Against Aberdeen Last week at Petordry But Hearts Themselves have been disappointed To lose in the last minute Versus Mother Colin Doyle Terrible mistake We've seen it all on television And he's actually been dropped today As a result of that But recent results for Hearts Have been pretty decent They're back in contention For four place and maybe even higher Europa League place is a possibility now no coincidence really that the better recent results have come when they get the best players back like Zabera, Suter, Naismith, Ikpiazu and another Peter Haring is back today in midfield but they are to challenge at the top of the league they're going to have to win games like this today against St Mirren who are stranded at the bottom of the table Hearts defence has played a big part they've got four clean sheets in the last five games and Ikpiazu, Claire, Naismith are a potent strike force so it'll be a difficult day for St Mirren they've been to Ibrox and Piotr in recent weeks I said earlier they've had a tough run of games but they did get that points. So 
must have got a boost from last week's performance, but they're becoming a bit isolated though because that point, while well, a good result, Dundee beat Livingston, a game I was at, which meant the gap is now five points between St Mirren and 11th place uh, Hamilton Ackies. And I don't want to allow that gap to grow, but they've got big games coming up home to Livy, Kelly and Dundee in the next month, so they don't want to become stranded at the bottom before they have to play those games. As I said earlier, Colin Doyle has been dropped for Hearts and Zerek Zamal takes his place in goals. A back three of John Suter, Clever Di Camona and Christoph Berra. Five in the middle are Ollie Lee, Peter Haring, Arnold Zoom, Jake Moray and Stephen Naismith with Uki Piazu and Sean Clare as the two strikers. Colin Doyle, Connor Shaughnessy, Oliver Bozanic, Stephen McLean, Adrian Keener, Callum Morrison and Aaron Hickey are the substitutes for St Mirren. It's a 4-5-1 formation. They want to keep it tight, especially early on. Vaclav Ladke is in goals. Paul McGinn, Jack Baird, Mihai Popescu and Matteo Muzek at the back. Across the middle, Kerr McAllister, Cammy McPherson, Greg Tanzi, Ethan Erhanon and Ryan Flynn with Dukins and Nazon as their lone strikers. Subs for Saints, Jordan Holmes, Gary McKenzie, Laurent Corbu, Andreas Dreyer, Danny Mullen, Cody Cook and Simeon Jackson. And the referee today at Tynecastle is Don Robertson. OK, let's hear from both managers then, starting with the home boss, Craig Levine. To go up to Bataudry and, uh, and get a point, I think we're twice in front, if I remember correctly as well. So um, we've made some changes, obviously, since the, the window opened. Um, Owens brought, brought a few players in, so yeah, the very fact that that, that recent result up at Aberdeen, uh, where they, they managed to frustrate Aberdeen and get a draw, is obviously a warning for, for us for the game the weekend. It's done. It's done. It did, uh, it's obviously, obviously there's disappointment for everybody after the game. Believe it or not, it's not the first time I've been disappointed in my career, um, and it's just about moving on and looking positively towards the next match. Oren Kearney up against Craig Levine this afternoon. Yeah, it's been a positive probably four or five weeks for me. You know, take the Dundee United game out of it probably. And again, we probably weren't anywhere close to, you know, being at full strength for that game that we needed to be to try and compete uh, with a side that have invested a huge amount. But take that probably game out of it. The signs have been there and, you know, we've been delighted with how training's going, delighted how the new players are integrating in. And, and with every session and every week, I suppose, that passes, you know, we're seeing more and more positives. And it's so important just that we kick on again. You know, they're, they're a team that can, can cause problems. You know, they have a lot of very good players with, with really good pedigree and obviously with a big striker in Pizu back again you know he, he's, he's a handful obviously so it's you know listen they're a tough side and, and one that we, we need to be our very best if we're, if we're going to try and get something from the game Fraser Wishart who would be a goalie a howler of epic proportions no doubt from Colin Doyle last week but he played pretty well up until that point and he finds himself on the bench dropped after that mistake at Fir Park yeah, I think it's a bit harsh you know, I've, I've seen that once or twice recently and, and they've been decent in, in Colin Doyle has looked, has looked apart he's a big strong guy he's a big powerful guy and, and he's quite commanding and impressive in the box and it was a howler I mean there's no getting away from it there's nothing else you can blame but himself but uh, you know strikers often will miss an open goal and blaze it over the bar or defender will be shot with a pass back and that will sell a goal as well they don't get dropped automatically so maybe a wee bit harsh but certainly the Craig Levine's the man to make those decisions Laval has, has performed very well in the early part of the season and that's why you have two particularly good goalkeepers and there's a real kind of strength about the Hearts team a real kind of good look about them when you look at the back big strong and powerful and Suter and Di Camona and Berra and have got Naismith just off the front two of Clare who comes short they've got Ek like, Piazu up front who will be an absolute handful for Beard and Popescu so they're beginning to look back to, to the sort of formation and the structure that went, what got, which got them fantastic success at the start of the season Hearts and I think this will be a difficult day maybe a long day for, for the Simon defence I mean you can you imagine we dropped you after every dodgy prediction well, that you made I mean that's impossible <laughs> unthinkable not feasible <laughs> But what surprises me is that Craig Levine is one of the most experienced managers in our top flight. He's been the manager of the national team in his time. Mm. 
Uh, Colin Doyle made several terrific saves against Motherwell last Sunday at Fir Park, but the one boob, yes, it cost him the game, and that's cost him his place now. Now, if Bobby Zamal uh-huh. makes the same mistake today, does that mean that automatically Bobby Zamal goes out for the Celtic game on Wednesday night at Tynecastle? I think Big Bobby's his number one guy, Hugh, uh, because of the fact that uh, he's brought him back in so quickly. Mm. That would suggest to me that he has yep. Doyle as his number two. Mm. Makes the decision that little bit easier for me. And if you look back to previous months, Zlar was the top yeah, man. That's what I was thinking. That's yeah, but the only Doyle reason. was just signed though, and that it looked as if he was signed as a number he one. He was, and uh, well, and he comes in and he does fine. But yeah. if there's hardly anything between the goalkeepers, yeah. sometimes that's all it mm. takes—one mistake and and you're out. Okay, you're, you're looking for loyalty from your manager at times, as the manager's looking for loyalty from players. Uh, and knee-jerk reaction: one mistake, out. Let's keep going around the grounds then The Tony Macaroni Arena Roger Hanna's watching Livingston against Kilmarnock Where Roger, uh, the visitors in particular I would imagine will be glad just to get back to playing football Yes, of course Well, you need to whisper this within Fraser Wishes here Shaw, but welcome to El Plastico At the Tony Macaroni Livy against Kelly And Steve Clark and Chris Boyd especially Will look to get back to football matters this afternoon There is a sequence of results today That could see Kilmarnock go back to third place in the Premiership They've got Daniel Backman in goal he won his appeal last night against the red card at Ibrox in midweek and it's maybe just as well he did otherwise there would have been eight changes there's seven changes as it is for Clark because of a series of suspensions and injuries out go O'Donnell, Taylor, Bruce, Dicker, Power, Burke and McAlaney from the side that lost 5-0 at Ibrox in the middle of the week so they're starting with the three Daniel Backman in goal across the back Ross Millen, Scott Boyd, Stuart Finlay and Callum Waters midfield it's Rory McKenzie, Aaron Chibot Yusuf Malumbu and Jordan Jones and up top it's Boyd with Eamon Brophy on the bench McDonald, O'Donnell, Dicker and Jolly, Miller, Frizzell and Burke as for Livy well whatever happens today they'll stay ninth they look quite safe in the middle of the table in the Premiership they'll be happy Gary Holton, David Martindale with their first season back up Gordon they haven't beaten Kilmarnock though for 14 years among the scorers the last time they beat Kelly was a 17 year old Robert Snodgrass and they haven't even scored a goal in the two games so far this season against Kilmarnock 0-0 here in the game I saw for Super Scoreboard very early in the season and then a 2-0 defeat at Rugby Park today they're without Sean Byrne the midfield mainstay for them he's suspended after that early red card in the home defeat against Dundee last week three go as usual Liam Kelly in goal it's the same back three Declan Gallagher Craig Halkett and Alan Lithgow across the middle Stephen Lawless Stephen Lawson Keegan Jacobs Scott Pittman and Ricky Lamey and up front Craig Sibbald will support Chris Erskine on the bench for the host it's Stuart Wilde Odofan, Brown, Hardy, Tiffany, Robinson and in this week of referees, foreign referees are all talking about the referees from Dallas sorry the referees Dallas, Andrew Dallas <laughs> Well let's hear from both managers then, home boss Gary Holt up first I think that they're coming here on the back of two phenomenally hard games um, and obviously on a run they've not won in six now I don't think so they're hitting the every sticky spell like we seem to be in it everybody wants to talk about and St Johnston hit a sticky spell and every team goes through it so I, I think they'll be smart. I think they'll be hurting, especially losing the last minute goal against Celtic. We lose last night with some decisions that maybe not go their way. Um, so we we know where we what, where we're at, what we need to be guarded against. And it's been a busy old week for Stevie Clark. Let's get his pre-match thoughts on the football. If I give you a list of injuries and doubts, you'd run out of paper. It's incredible. Huh? Finley, he'll train today, but. 
doofel, power doofel, Declan doofel, two fullbacks doofel, Bruce out, Bradford out, but doofel, it's carnage in my treatment room, it's carnage. Who's fat? Who's fat? That's a better way of putting it. <laughs> I think I'll get a living, don't worry. <laughs> there we go, Roger Hanna, that sums it up. I wondered if it was just a, a bit of frustration at the previous games or time to mix things up, but it's quite the injury list Kilmarnock have. Yeah, and even if you look at the bench, I think four on the bench, Stephen O'Donnell, Gary Dicker, Chris Burke, sorry, three on the bench, are, are all you know, struggling with fitness. It would only really be an emergency to get them on the park at all. What it does do is it gives a chance to fringe players. Ross Millen, I think his last start away from home was at Tynecastle in the autumn when he scored the only goal in a 1-0 win against Hearts. So Steve Clark has absolutely no qualms about throwing the guys in. Young Callum Waters is in at left-back this afternoon. There's a rare appearance for Rory McKenzie, more in the veteran category. And of course, Chris Boyd back in the side alongside Eamon Brophy. So they will carry a goal threat against that, uh, that three-man Livingston central defence. Uh, Dave Galloway is watching St Johnson against Aberdeen, Dave. Thank you, Gordon. Well, St Johnson going to this one looking to build on an impressive display in last weekend's goalless draw at Rangers, which ended a wretched run of five league and cup losses, including three defeats by Celtic. A home victory over Aberdeen would lift the Saints back above Hibs and into sixth place. Aberdeen have failed to win the previous two league games, but they actually have the best away record in the Premiership. They're going for the sixth successive win on the road, seven if you include the cup victory at Stenhouse Muir. The Dons would narrow the gap on second place Rangers to just two points if they come out on top here today. St Johnston are unchanged, so it's Cammy Bell in goals. Richard Foster, Joe Shocknessy, Jason Kerr and Scott Tanzer across the back. Liam Craig sitting in front of the back four, then a midfield four of David Wotherspoon, Sean Goss, Murray Davidson and Matty Kennedy, with Chris Kane leading the line for the Saints, whose substitutes are Hurst, Alston, Swanson, Hendry, Callaghan, uh, Keown and Watt. As for Aberdeen, a couple of changes. Don Ball and Conor McLennan come in. Out obviously drops Tommy Hoban, who's out for the rest of the season. Our best wishes to him. And Niall McGinn drops to the bench. So it's Joe Lewis in goals. A back four of Don Ball, Andy Considine, Mikey Devlin and Max Lowe. Uh, in midfield, Gary Mackay-Steven, Graham Shinney, Lewis Ferguson and Conor McLennan with Greg Stewart playing just off Sam Cosgrove up front. The substitutes for Aberdeen today, Cherney, Vertanen, Campbell, Gleeson, McGinn, May and Wilson and your match referee here at McDermott is Ewan Anderson. Teams there at McDermott Park as chosen by Tommy Wright and Derek McInnes. We've got uh, a run of fixtures that uh, mean that we've played Celtic three times, Hearts and uh, now we're uh, going to Rangers and we've got Aberdeen and Ian Hibbs so the next three fixtures are extremely tough um, and obviously starting with Rangers who have been excellent at home particularly this season but excellent throughout the season and um, Stephen Gerrard's done a great job he's brought them a lot closer uh, to Celtic and uh, what maybe some helps if you play Tommy Wright from the right week you thought those comments sounded a bit strange good job someone was on the ball let's hear from Derek McInnes there's plenty of games left and we've now got another opportunity to go and try and get those three points back really uh, this Saturday against a team who uh, are doing very well Tommy's recruited well they've um, probably got more legs in them this season than any other season uh, we've still got that good experience and know-how and um, battle-hardened players um, so it'll be, it'll be a tough game um, they normally go and run St Johnston where they can maybe lose a few games in the, in the spin and they can win a few games in the spin and um, you know they get a good point and a very good performance at Ibrox last Saturday so um, no, we know it'll be difficult but 
intentions to make it difficult for them as well Big games all across the Championship Our featured match this afternoon A local one for us Partick Thistle against Ross County Andrew McLean is watching that one yeah, great form. Partick Thistle are in at the moment, aren't they? But this will be the toughest test yet as they look to get their season back on track. They've done well since uh, the January window, but they'll be taking on Ross County, who are, of course, top of the table. I think this will be certainly a good game. Uh, the home side will full, full of confidence as well. Five wins on the spin. They'll be looking above them at the moment, realising they're only five points off fifth. They're only eight points off the playoffs. But you look behind them, a loss here could still send them to the bottom of the table if results don't go their way. As for Ross County, well, obviously they'll be disappointed. They went out the Scottish Cup midweek to penalties uh, against Inverness, but they have won four of their last five before that, and with Aaron Dundee United hot on their tails at the top of the table, they'll be desperate for another win today. Ross County, they have won three of the last four meetings and drawn the other between these sides. The Jags will be hoping to change that today. One thing they haven't changed is their lineup for this one. A 2-0 win against Allo it was last time out, and Gary Caldwell's gone for the same lineup. A 4-2-3-1 for them. Connor Hazard in goal, a back four of Christy Elliott, Stephen Anderson, Jack McMillan, and James Penrice. The two holding midfielders, Stuart Bannon and Craig Slater with Aidan Fitzpatrick, Gary Harkins and Blair Spittle in behind Chris Doolan. The substitutes, Sneddon, McGinty, McDonald, Koulibaly, Mansell, Saunders and Roy. As for Ross County, one change from that defeat to Inverness midweek. Draper drops out and it's Jamie Lindsay that comes in in the centre of midfield. A 4-4-2 for them. Scott Fox in goals. It's Marcus Fraser, Keith Watson, Andrew Boyle and Kenny van der Weg across the back. Josh Mullen, Lewis Spence, Jamie Lindsay and Michael Gardine across the midfield. Billy Mackay and Ross Stewart, the partnership up front. The substitutes, Monroe, Gravosti, Wallace, Armstrong, Peyton, Cowie and Graham. The referee for this one at Far Hill is Gavin. Duncan. Let's you up to speed with the team news all around the grounds then. It's been a difficult old week for Scottish football. The spotlight on where our problems lie. So enough about the problems. Let's talk solutions. We'll do that next. You've won eighteen and a half thousand pounds. I'd like to scream right now, but I'm in the middle of a very big office. Twenty thousand eight hundred and nineteen pounds forty six pence. Just so excited. <laughs> the cash register. Win big cash every day. The cash register is back. Monday morning at eight. Clyde one. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds as well, building up to Hearts St Mirren, Livy Kilmarnock and St Johnston and Aberdeen in the top flight. Of course, we will preview tomorrow's games as well. Our featured championship match is Partick Thistle against Ross County. Now, Hugh Keevans, it's been a week where the spotlight has been shining on the ugly side of our game. The problems that we undeniably have. Chris Boyd abused at Rugby Park. Stevie Clark abused at Ibrooks. Um, we have been... Going over and over on, on this Rangers have issued statements The Scottish FA have issued statements mm. Most people acknowledge that it's a problem What do we do about it then? Interesting question The beautiful game is in an ugly place And uh, Steve Clark midweek Held up a mirror to reflect What is going on with regard to sectarian singing uh, Which is alive and unwell Within our game I could not stand here Gordon And offer you a hard and fast Immediate solution Because I am pessimistic Where this issue is concerned The Celtic fans at Kilmarnock Let themselves and their club down By singing the the song of their choice At uh, Chris Boyd I believe for no other reason Than he's a former Rangers player I don't believe they threw it the, the coin at him and sang the songs 
because of his column in the Sun with all due respect to Roger Hanna they, they were abusive towards him because he's a former Rangers player the Rangers fans then on Wednesday night were abusive towards the Kilmarnock manager because of his Catholic upbringing in the 21st century this is appalling abhorrent excruciating and this is where my pessimism comes in Gordon because I don't think that people are willing to change the primitive are primitive because they want to be primitive they don't want your words of condemnation they don't want your offer of help they want to continue doing what they're doing and that's why I have a certain sympathy for the clubs on the issue of strict liability how can Rangers or Celtic or anybody else Mm. legislate for half-wits inside the ground Hugh, it's not just uh, Rangers and Celtic I take your point on board at both instances this week I uh, was speaking to some people at the Motherwell game last week and there was a song sang by the Hearts fans which had a sectarian connotation as well Mm. and having been um, on the opposite end of some abuse over the years since I came back in 2004 as an example my, my last game at St Mirren I was sectarianly abused as well. I have to be honest with you, and, and again, this is all my own uh, take on it. It doesn't really offend me in the slightest. It should not be thrown out there in the public domain. Um, I think one of the key things and one of the good things that's coming, if there is such a thing as a good thing on the back of all this through the week, is someone may well think twice about actually doing that in the future because it's been highlighted so much. Mm. It's been battered for pillar to post. People going, this is not acceptable, which it's not. And I think that people might go, do you know what, I'm not going down that road anymore. I think it's time for people to take offence. You said you don't take offence. Steve Clark took offence. And because he's been out of this country for decades, he got a horrible reminder of, of what life was like when he lived here. I, I think the problem is what Alex said there. I was the same, I said on Thursday night, that I, I was subject to it as well at Celtic. But the problem is that we were brought up in the East End of Glasgow where it was the norm. We didn't think that's anything wrong. And that's not to say our parents, you know, use language like that, but it was common language on the street. And perhaps it takes someone, an outsider, to come up to the game. Steve Clark, I know he was brought up here, but he's went away and come mm. up to really highlight it for his, to really see what the problem mm. is. Because a wider society, I think we just think it's a norm. And that's wrong. It needs to start at a younger level. I mean, uh, Fraser Wishart, let me ask you, this this notion that it's always been this way and we can never stamp it out, I mean, that's that's not really good enough, is it? You certainly got to try something. No, you certainly don't give up. I mean, I've, I've been part of anti-racist groups, anti-sectarian groups, and show on the red cards and, and, and others who, who try to change people's minds. The problem is you, you can't change somebody of, say, my age in their early 50s mind because that, that's deep-rooted. What we have to do in, in football is find a way to, to get back to to silencing them, you know, and, and, and you know, Mark, Alec, myself, all played for the old term. We've all been on the receiving end of it. But to be honest with you, going back over that isn't helpful. Let's concentrate on, on the current. And I, and I thought Chris Boyd spoke with emotion, spoke from the heart, as did uh, Steve Clark. And I think that's what's resonated with Steve Clark's comments as it came in the aftermath, the immediate aftermath of, of the game. And I think for people now in charge of the game, and essentially it's the clubs. It's, a, it's, it's what do we do about it? You know, do we continue to do nothing as a game? Just stand back and people can just come and sing songs that are unacceptable, whether it's sectarian, whether it's racist. We've, uh, I'm sitting at Tincastle where, where I mean, Lennon was hit by a coin and uh, Bobby Lamal was punched when he went, he went for the ball. We've had a linesman hit by a coin at Livingston as well. So there's, there's lots in here, but concentrating on sectarianism and racism, and etc. Then we can do something. We can just keep going and we can keep sending out the message and uh, I think we have to look at some form 
of strict liability without it being too strict as in one instant and you close the ground but it can be a stepped effect because then people who do come to the grounds and start singing songs like that are actually going to have a material effect on their club at the moment somebody goes to a ground and sends a sectarian song sends a sectarian abuse unless they're caught by the cameras or the police because it is illegal then, then nothing happens to them and they just carry on the next week so I think we need to look at something we need to speak to, to maybe to, to the English club I saw Millwall have been charged because of racist chanting by their supporters in, in, a, in a cup tie by the English FA uh, UEFA and FIFA do it as well I, I'm not sure we want to be say, closing grounds just for one offence but a player gets six yellow cards or 12 yellow cards he's suspended maybe we need to look at something along those lines but um, we can't give up I mean let's not let these people people win I, I think it can you get rid of it can we get rid of it in society probably not but that doesn't mean we can can't make our grounds better and a better environment for people to come and watch the games without being, being abused. Roger Hanna, Hugh outlines the difficulties with strict liability and I'm sure many people um, would agree. Over and above all that though, would it work? Would it stop people singing certain songs, shouting certain insults if they thought their team was going to be punished? Um, some it would, some it wouldn't. I don't think there's going to be any overnight fix for this, Gordon. Um, I can see both sides of the strict liability argument. Um, somebody was saying to me yesterday, well, you know, if there was strict liability, you'd end up with uh, Rangers fans going to Celtic games and shouting abuse, and Celtic fans going to Rangers games and shouting abuse. So the other team got punished. Um, so, I mean, this is the kind of level of argument we're at. I think what we do need to do, you know, clubs need to have more conversations with the league with the government and with the police as well if people were singing these songs or throwing coins or shouting abuse in the middle of a supermarket they would be arrested now I understand that police can't wade in and arrest 2,000 people at a time but they could wade in and arrest 10 people at a time and give the clubs details of who those 10 people are and then the club can take their season tickets off them and if it's 10 one week and 10 the next week and 10 the next week it's very slowly dealing with the problem and it's getting the troublemakers out a few at a time I understand this argument you know a lot of the time police just turn away from it because you you can't throw 2,000 people out of a football stadium at one go but we're going to have to take baby steps in this issue if we're serious about solving it I would go along with that uh, because you have to get your footprint on this matter now, if 10 people have their lives affected by being arrested for saying sectarian songs, then another 10 will think about it and not do it. When Fraser spoke about men in their 50s uh, uh, being set in their ways, I understand that. The problem is, the men in their 50s were watching their sons and their daughters sing at Kilmarnock and Ibrooks this week because the song, which was directed at Chris Boyd and at Steve Clark originated when Tommy Burns was the Celtic manager. That's 25 years ago. The Celtic fans then took up the song and gave it to Walter Smith in retaliation. So, those who are singing at Tommy Burns and Walter Smith are now the fathers of those who were singing at Chris Boyd and Stevie Clark. Yeah, let's continue to try and look at how, how we sort of fix this. Chris Boyd has very strong opinions on this notion of strict liability. It's part and parcel of, of being an old fun player. Um, what I will say is, is, you know, I can't sit here and have, have um, any problems with, to an extent, Rangers and Celtic, because that's why you get paid what you get paid. I've had a good life off the back of it. I'm not saying it's right, but there's a price to pay when you play with the old firm. The chance, as I said, I'm used to it. Maybe um, because it's, it happens that often, I'll say the phrase again, you know, it is water off a duck's back. But does it make it right? No. My issue was 
it's went that step too far. And when you get coins thrown at you or objects thrown um, at other people, and by the way, it's not just um, from Sunday. When there's objects thrown at officials, objects thrown at people, there's a problem that needs addressed. We will wait until something serious happens and then act on it. We have an opportunity right now to act on it. So why do we not do it? You know, we're talking about maybe deducting points and stuff like that as well. What a load of rubbish. I mean, it's not possible to do it. If, if you know, say for example, right now Celtic are top of the league, um, some idiot can go and pay a Rangers fan to go and sit in the Celtic end and throw a ball, or they're going to get points taken off them. It's ludicrous to actually suggest, oh, we'll take points off somebody. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a wider aspect that needs addressed. It's not just football clubs, it's society um, that needs educated right from the very bottom. Uh, Fraser Wishart, that goes back to what you were saying about Strict liability doesn't necessarily mean you know you sing one song and you're deducted three points. It's about a, perhaps a, finding a punishment that that fits the crime, some sort of stepped approach. Yes, absolutely. And it's not just one person shouting racist abuse and standing up and he's identified and he's dealt with. You know, that in my opinion, clubs should be punished. I'm, I'm reluctant to go down that route, but I, I just think if we if we stand back and there's nothing seen to be done, then then there's no responsibility, there's no liability on on the. On, on the, the supporters I mean the one thing I would say is you know I, I do think we have to remember Scotland's a welcoming country I'm a proud Scotsman and uh, people were generally welcoming um, I say second thing would be I, I think that um, you know we have to also widen the debate to well, Chris Boyd for example he should not have to be staying yeah it's water for ducks back and it's, it's what's part and parcel and it's what you get paid for he shouldn't have to say that you know it shouldn't be part of parcel what you get paid for you know we've, we've I've had players who have had um, Horrible things shouted up because they've been honest and come out about mental mental health issues. You know, I had players like Dean Shields, for example. Dean Shields with golf balls, uh, sorry, ping pong balls with, with eyes painted on them, thrown at him because he lost an eye and, as a, in an accident as a young as a young person. I mean, th- th- there is an element here that needs to be needs to be taken into consideration. Of course, sectarianism and, and, and racism we, we deal with it in the, in the first instance. One thing I would say is when we say it's not better than it was a long time ago, I would disagree slightly. I think it is better, and also the fact that we are talking about it here. It's in the newspaper. Steve Clark feels um, empowered to be able to talk about it. When I played, nobody would discuss it at all. It was really uh, you just you just you did just go on with it. You did not talk about it at all. And I think the players are now feeling a wee bit more empowered. They're feeling a wee bit more. No, this isn't good enough. You can't throw things at us. You can't just shout anything you want. As Roger made the analogy of the supermarket, you can't go in the supermarket and just abuse somebody. So so let, let's let's sit down and see what we can we can do. We can't just sit back and say, well, well we're not going to do anything and nothing can be done. I don't believe that. Fraser, I, I would have to take a see with you that it's better now. No, it's not. Uh, you've cited recent examples of Bobby Lamal being punched during the Hearts Hibs derby on the same night that Neil Lennon was struck by a coin. Uh, for this being a welcoming country, we need to ask Neil Lennon about that, the one who got bombs through the post and all the rest of it. We, Steve Clark held a mirror up to football and it wasn't a pretty sight. And when we are talking about the lawmakers, I think we should talk about the lawbreakers because people could always mend their ways on a voluntary basis. They could always realise that their behaviour is offensive and try and moderate their behaviour, but they won't because they prefer to live that way. You know, it's referring to better in a sense of we're talking about it and there's, a, there's an appetite to do something about it and Dave King's 
um, statement to yesterday was as strong a statement as the Rangers have put out, or many clubs really put out, since since David Murray did it many many years ago. So so I think there's an appetite to do something about it. I mean, in a sense of you know nobody would talk about it 20, 25 years ago. And you know that in the newspaper business, even players, managers, whoever, it was just just ignored, and, and it was just going with it. But Chris Boyd, Steve Clark, others should not have to just put up with it at all. It's the place of work. Let's try and change the, the attitude in general. What, Johanna? I can't disagree with anything any of the boys have said. Um, there is no simple solution to this because for this to be solved, you have to get into the minds of every single individual who attends a football match and sings one of these songs. Um, that's not going to be possible, I don't think. So, as you says, people in their 50s, their 60s, you can't change what's deeply ingrained in them. But as Chris Boyd said in his interview, if you start an education process with younger supporters, maybe even with kids who haven't even started going to the football yet, and teach them that this kind of behaviour is wrong, not just in football grounds, but in society in general, then perhaps in years to come, we can get this solved. OK, I think we'll park that and leave it there because we do have a lot to like about our game, so let's focus on it. Big games across the top division and beyond this afternoon. We're going to go back around the grounds after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan. We've got the top team all around the grounds ahead of our three o'clock kickoffs. If you're interested in the Six Nations with 25 minutes on the clock, it's France 10, Scotland yeah. nil. So yeah, I knew that would happen. Comeback's on its way, Hugh. Is that another back? one of your big predictions? Uh, it's time that man was out. <laughs> I think they've been particularly harsh Anyway, uh, let's go back around the grounds And build up to those 3 o'clock kickoffs. Fraser Wishart's watching Hearts against St Mirren um, Fraser, when you're down there like St Mirren are You've got to, to cling to any crumb of comfort that you can And I wonder how much Jordan Kearney will take From that performance at Pataudry last week Well, I think they have to take as much as they possibly can And uh, you know, they'll be a wee bit disappointed They were 2-1 up after that great Kyle McAllister Goal and, they, and they, they couldn't hang on and they came off the pitch I'm sure you're disappointed but deep down thinking yeah points a good result and then they, they came in to see Dundee had beaten Livingston and the gap had just just kind of grown and they, they, they're in a situation now where even if they win today and Hamilton and Dundee so Dundee already lost but Hamilton lose tomorrow they're still going to be bottom of the table and that's not a good position to be in and if you drop any more points or any further behind then even two wins doesn't take you off the bottom of the table and that's where it becomes to become a wee bit more serious what they have to do is keep the gap at the very most at where it is and maybe even close it down before the split then after the split as we always say you're playing against the teams around you so you've got a really good chance of, of winning games at that point so they have to just keep themselves in there the problem has been that um, they, they do lose really soft goals I've seen them a few times since the turn of the year they're 1-0 up against uh, Hibs for an hour playing really well lost a goal and then just collapsed it was end up 3-1 and Hibs were comfortable I saw them against Mother as well and, and Mother just we're completely on top so it's a, it's a worrying time for St Mern a victory anywhere well, a point today would be great but if they got a victory what a lift that would, that would give them so that we're going to have to just frustrate hearts we know that what they'll be like they'll be strong they'll be physical they'll be plenty of balls into the box for Rick Piazza with Claire and Naismith and, and Jim coming from the midfield as well so they have to defend really really well if they're going to get anything out of today's game and, uh, and keep that confidence level as high as they possibly can and it's two teams Fraser that's been changing for very different reasons so St Mirren have brought all these new players in they're trying to gel them and hope that that pays off whereas Hearts they are now looking at all the guys who were good at the start of the season coming back from injury Peter Haring Stephen Naismith Piazzu, the defenders came back 
um, you know, a few weeks back. And when you get five of your, your, your best players and five players who will play every single week as those five do, then it takes a big chunk out of your football team. If you, if you look to Rangers and Celtic, you took out their five best players and all down the middle as well. You know, two defenders at Haring in midfield, Naismith and, and Nick Piazzo up front. Then that, that would be a real problem for, for, for any team. And they're beginning to look a bit more like themselves. They did all the transfer business really in the in the summertime, seeing an extraordinary amount of players as well. So they've been together a long time. Whereas Pacific Run, there's a huge change around last summer, a huge change around even for out of contract players like Ferdinand and Jackson uh, in October when Oren Kearney came in. And, a, and again, a number of players signed in January and they're just really hoping against hope that these players will, will, will gel they've got young players in midfield that I like Ethan Erhanon Cammy McPherson who are getting their chance so they'll bring a bit of energy into that midfield and try and get up and support Duffy's Nazon but I think mostly they'll be trying to close things down the midfield for straight hearts as long as they possibly can and keep themselves in the game now let's go to the Tony Macaroni Arena Livingston against Kilmarnock Kilmarnock have been brilliant I think we've been well over that Roger Hanna the, the results under Stevie Clark I wonder how they will handle the disruption to the team because you can usually pick the team or, or, or there or thereabouts maybe with one or two exceptions but today that is a, a completely different Kilmarnock side well yes it is seven changes from the side that lost at Ibrox in midweek it's interesting I agree with what Fraser says about taking five players out of a team that's bound to disrupt but it's still quite a strong Kilmarnock team if you look at it Jordan Jones back in Rory McKenzie and they'll give you the width in midfield in the centre midfield, Aaron Shibola, you know, a one-time £5 million signing for Aston Villa alongside Yusuf Malumbu. Everyone knows his quality. Up front, Eamon Brophy, bring your goals. Chris Boyd, bring your goals. So, Kilmarnock are not weakened too much. I think what is a big bonus is getting Daniel Backman freed on that red card appeal last night because he has been an outstanding form since he came into the team last autumn. Interesting for Livingston, they've not won since that great Friday night when they beat Hearts 5-0 here. They're beginning to have a little bit of a wobble. Doesn't matter too much, you know, Fraser was talking about that relegation battle, the St Problems at St Mirren, the problems at the D losing last night, the problems for Hamilton. Livingston have none of that. Livingston can now just cruise to the end of the season and actually start preparing for a second season in the top flight. And it's interesting to see, see the likes of Stephen Lawson, Craig Sibold, Chris Erskine in the team today. Guys that haven't had a lot of football this season under Gary Holt. There are some more on the bench. You can see Scott Tiffany, who came back last month after his loan spell at Morton. The likes of Haki Modafan, Greg Wild, guys who signed mid-season. They might get on today as well. And I think that's what Gary Holt and David Martindale are going to do in the last three months of the season. Just see a few of these fringe players and whether, you know, what they can add for next season in the top flight and it's a great position for Livy to be in. Well we're at it then what did you make of the decision to rescind Daniel Backman's red card? Well it was funny, I listened to you and Derek in the show last night just after you announced it at 7.30 the decision Gordon and I agreed with what the lads were saying because on first inspection when you see it you don't really think there's too much in it. There was one very incriminating angle um, that really did look as if he gave Glenn Kamara a right good whack with his left elbow. But the problem with these appeal procedures is they never explain to you you know, what evidence was taken into consideration, what pictures they looked at, why they rescinded the red card. It's the same in you know, times when they kick out appeals and they keep the red card. They never really explain the decision-making process. So it leaves us sort of all a little bit baffled. I mean, Fraser Wisher, I feel like we've been over this a number of times. Uh, but just 
just remind us because people I think are still getting a bit confused this was a red card that was appealed so this is not it's not really anything to do with the compliance officer or our panel of 3x referees this is just simply it goes to an appeal panel and they essentially thought that a refereeing error had occurred yeah it's slightly different as you said Gordon it's, it's done through, through um, uh, written evidence you don't get a hearing when you're appealing against something like this as well so, so you don't get the chance to go there you just put it all in, in writing you put your video in, in writing and it, it goes to a panel and, and I know people get frustrated about the, 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 the decisions but once it gets to the panel unless you have the same three people then you're not going to get the same decision every single week and the thing is that we, we can we debate every single incident and no matter what the incident is there's always somebody that takes an opposite view some some people think it should have been red card some people think it shouldn't and if they're sitting on the panels then that's the decision you get so for me as we discussed before it's actually the process I think needs to be, to be looked at and to be, to be altered as well I was surprised you know I, I think he maybe that his evidence might have been the fact that uh, Alan Power actually pushed um, to try to get his way in he pushed Kamara to the ground and maybe the linesman thought the impact had pushed had, had, had knocked him to the ground as well but I was surprised it was overturned because you've got to say it's an obvious refereeing error which I didn't think it was I, I can see why the referee sent him off Fraser see the, the three man panel does it have to be unanimous we weren't quite sure about that one uh, I have to be honest with you. I, I, I think it usually is. There's usually a legal chair, Alec, with yeah. two wing members, and they can they, they come to a consensus. I don't think they have a vote as in as in make it two one. I think they just kind of have a consensus to it. And I, I think if it was two one though, that when it would be carried, that uh, that that decision would be would be carried by the by the chairman, who really kind of makes that final decision, taking into consideration the, the views from the from the panel members. Yeah, that's what it is, Alec. I mean, if it was you, me, and Mark were sitting in the panel, we'd disagree. You know, and we disagree every instant. And to be honest with you, we, we can't just say because we don't agree with the decision that the system's wrong, or the, the or the decision's wrong, or the panel's wrong. Because I disagree with some things, you disagree with some things. That's the way it is. The only fact in football is when the ball's over the line. So this is open to interpretation. Uh, let's leave that one there. Let's go back to McDermott Park, Dave Galloway. You have uh, your finger on the pulse with regards to how the Aberdeen fans are feeling. I'm sure that was a hugely frustrating afternoon on paper at home to St Mirren. Is three points you would imagine for the Aberdeen fans they didn't get it how keen will they be to make up for it today very very keen indeed I mean you know St Mirren let's congratulate them they deserve the draw they had a game plan they worked it out very well indeed they were really well organised and they scored uh, an excellent goal the, the the second goal well the first goal was you know in off the post from the penalty spot the second goal was uh, absolutely brilliant but Aberdeen uh, were, were very poor considering the attack minded players they had out on the park that day um, they just didn't have that guile that final pass that little bit of um, spark up front now I mentioned earlier um, Aberdeen can move to within two points of Rangers in second place with a win but you know St Johnson are unbeaten so far against today's visitors with a, with a win and uh, a draw you know so that there's plenty to play for today uh, let's go to our featured championship match Partick Thistle against Ross County um, and again Andrew McLean wait and see what type of form Scott McDonald's in after having played fives with uh, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray over the last few weeks we're going to have to stop eventually giving them credit for this <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see but uh, he, he certainly looks very fit he looks very sharp very lean as well so his time out he's certainly not been sitting around you've seen him on the TV doing media work and things like that but he's certainly he's been in the gym he's been playing fives he's been keeping himself fit and you'd think off the bench today he'd maybe fancy himself again I think he did score obviously last weekend but he, he had two or three chances where he could have scored more than that but that's just one of the signings that's made an impact so far even though he's made one substitute appearance but Gary Caldwell at the back of course Connor Hazard's come in and go we've got Stephen Anderson Jack McMillan who are both starting today at centre back as well Stephen Saunders has started 
uh, in other games as well. He's wanted to sort them out defensively. He's done that. So the new signings are making an impact so far, and the players that you know they've got a young crop of players here as well. The likes of Aidan Fitzpatrick, James Penrice, Blair Spittle, Craig Slater, still a good age as well. That Gary Caldwell seems to be getting the best out of. They have, of course, won the last five games in all competitions. This is their biggest test. So it'll be good to see how they'll fare against the league leaders today. Partick Thistle Ross County is our featured championship match in the top flight. St Johnston, Aberdeen, Livingston, Kilmarnock, Hearts, St Mirren. Two huge games tomorrow as Hamilton host Rangers and Celtic host Motherwell. The kickoffs are coming next. You've won eighteen and a half thousand pounds. I'd like to scream right now, but I'm in the middle of a very big office. Seventeen thousand two hundred seventy-one pounds thirty-seven p. That's going in your bank account. You're a winner. Win big cash every day. The cash register is back Monday morning at eight. Clyde one. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Time for you to have your say on the phone lines or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Particularly, we're looking for people who have been at games today or are going to games tomorrow. Get right in about it. Tell us what you saw. Were you happy? Were you not happy? Who impressed you? Who upset you? You tell us 01419511025. I'm expecting some Partick Thistle fans. No shame in losing to the league leaders, but you were 2 0 up. And it's finished 4-2 Alloa round about you won Dunfermline round about you won So what does that mean For the picture at the bottom St Mirren fans Another good point On the road An unlikely point Some people would say 01419511025 And what about tomorrow Rangers fans It's another day without Morelos Can you handle it this time When you go to Hamilton Ackies What do you have to do To replace his goals And what about Celtic against Motherwell The two informed teams In the country Hugh Keevans Going head to head At Celtic Park I think that's a great thing to be able to say The two informed teams in the country Celtic six league wins in a row And Motherwell can boast the same stat Six league wins in a row And I like the way that uh, Stephen Robinson was speaking earlier on About going to Celtic uh, With Jake Hasty in the kind of form he's in Alan Campbell, David Turnbull Why not have a go? Why change anything? The the old expression If it ain't broken Don't fix it You think that would be An entertaining game For anyone wanting to watch Entertaining football You know Celtic Always entertaining at Celtic Park With the talent that they've got uh, And they're 11 And on the bench But Motherwell Hugh's right With the way they've played Without any fear With real creativity And some you know, some end product in that as well. Some of the goals that Motherwell have scored in recent weeks have been out of this world. So, anyone want to watch a good game of football, I'd suggest that's the one tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the boy Hasty again. Can he do it against, you know, Celtic? A different proposition in terms of quality. Big Curtis men. But again, this what Celtic's got from middle to front. You know, they really are uh, potent, particularly at Parkhead. You know, they haven't dropped a point. And then, I mean, the timing of it, as always, Rangers go. Go first up Alex If the unthinkable Were to happen From a Rangers perspective And they drop points We all know what that means For the Celtic fans Heading to the game A bit later on And if anyone thought There was still life left In the title race That would be another Huge Huge blow to it If if the the right come And of course I understand Before people shout at the radio You can get the opposite Combination as well Well, Listen the thing is For me They uh, have to go there And pick up three points If they don't The league's effectively over I know mathematically It's not the case but you'd have to say you know if you're going to try and challenge in some way you have to win at places like Hamilton but 
Hamilton have picked up a few points mm. under Brian Rice recently. Uh, let me run through today's full-time scores in the Scottish Premiership. Hearts 1, St Mirren 1, Livingston 1, Comarnock 0, St Johnston 0, Aberdeen 2. In the Championship here, United 0, Dunfermline 1, Falkirk 1, Dundee United 1, Inverness 1, Morton 0, Partick Thistle 2, Ross County 4 and Queen of the South 1, Alloa 2. In League 1 are Bro 3, Airdrie 2. Breakin 1, Stranraer 2 East 5, 3, Dumbarton 4 4 for 2, Stenhouse Muir 1 and Wraith Rovers 4, Montrose 1 Into League 2, Annan 4, Albion Rovers 0 Berwick 0, Elgin 3 Edinburgh 2, Cowdenbeath 0 Queen's Park 1, Clyde 1 And Stirling 0, Peterhead 1 Into the English Premier League quickly Burnley 2, Tottenham 1 Bournemouth 1, Wolves 1 And Newcastle 2, Huddersfield 0 What jumped out at you today Hugh? Well obviously from this part of the world that St Mirren getting a terrific draw at Tynecastle To follow on from a terrific draw at Aberdeen So well done to Oran Kearney and his players uh, Those are significant results uh, Obviously Partick Thistle Bottom of the table tonight in the championship With a two goal start against Ross County at Fairhill They then conceded four goals much unhappiness that about Kilmarnock, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That matter, you go, mate. No, I'm just. Uh, I mean, looking at their previous results. Yep. When they beat, came back and beat Rangers, and people are thinking, "Oh, right, okay, they've lost Greg Stewart. They've started well." But after that, I mean, uh-huh. no wins in seven, Mark. No and, wins uh, in seven is alarming. Yeah, um, and when you look at Livingston as well, uh, what a three points that was for them. Who I don't yeah. think they've won in about nine or ten. So you know, it was an important game for them to get a. Up and running again 01419511025 Look back on today's games Please look ahead to tomorrow's games as well Ian is a Partick Thistle fan in Bears Den What on earth happened today Ian? I wish you could tell me <laughs> You tell um, us I on. was actually on during the week There was a Thistle fan on saying that He wondered after the good run of form he had We could maybe make the top half of the playoffs And I did phone in and say I thought The telling thing would be the results against Ross County And the United in the next two or three weeks um, today went 2-0 I couldn't believe the first half They, they, they played Ross County And I thought Ross County were maybe Jaded from their um, midweek defeat in the Cup After extra time But in the second half I don't know what the manager said at half time But uh, it was a, a totally different game They threw away a two-goal lead And they're now back bottom in the league And I really worry about the future well, let's look at the league table Partick Thistle are now bottom again Due oh. to an inferior goal difference They're on 25 points Level with Falkirk Who have a superior goal difference A point behind Alloa And then there's another four uh, Before you get to Morton So as as Ian quite rightly points out And I, I've brought this up a couple of times Because it mm. fascinated me I think it was Was it Tuesday night Ian you called in? That's correct And yeah. you know As Ian says The first caller came on And said by the way Look at us Partick Thistle We're flying What do you think Top half Playoffs mm. And Ian came on Straight off the back of it And said We could be bottom on Saturday And indeed they are Yeah uh, Ian makes the point That it's unthinkable For Partick to go down To the third tier Of Scottish football And he's right However Sentiment doesn't keep you up In a division And uh, sentiment won't prevent you From going down In another division So They have Work to do But the only consolation I can offer Ian and the other Thistle fans is that there are plenty of games left. Having said that, it has to be a worry. Even though Ross County are top of the league, even though Ross County have the best squad of players in the division, arguably, uh, if you're two up at home, to concede four goals in a row thereafter has to be a worry. For, for me, Hugh, I, I think they'll stay up. If you look at their recent form, mm. I know today is a body blow when you consider two goals up, but you know, seven games prior to that, five wins and two draws, that suggests to me that there's, there's form there anyway. 
Uh, I think next game against Dunfermline is paramount because after that they've got some tough ones, uh, you know, against Dundee United. Uh, Air coming up as well So you've got some tough fixtures there And I think it'll be really important That they beat them I, I suppose a positive thing If you're a Partick Thistle fan Probably what you're saying there Alex Is that today you were beaten By the team that's top of the division And have looked like they're All season that they're going to be there And you didn't get You know Absolutely annihilated from them You were leading them to now Now I know that may be A sense of real frustration For Thistle fans But they were two goals up They showed that they can compete And what Alex is saying I think in, in the teams That they've got coming up There's a possibility If you look at their form In past weeks That they can certainly Get enough points to survive Ian can I ask you a question See having seen the Transformation in the last Four or five weeks Do you get confidence That you can actually get out Of the trouble you're at At the moment at the bottom Um, I'm not really sure Because two of the wins I've had have been Against lower team World Division teams East Fife and Sonra He was expecting to win that The other games I had One was against Alloa Who are The team they should be Beating comfortably yeah. anyway And they got a draw Against Falkirk Yeah So they're, they're starting to play the, 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 the higher up teams now And they're getting shown up For what they are In my opinion anyway I mean, They were good defensive In the first half But they just lost the place In the second half They just I don't know what the half time Team talks out and I love to have heard what the Ross County manager said compared to what Gary Colville said. When you say, Ian, they're showing up for what they are, what are they? Um, very, very, very poor at the back today. Shocking, I thought, uh, when they brought in the, the Anderson, that he was going to show the defence up when he appeared to, but today it was it was a farce, some of the goals they lost. Yeah, I think I think losing go- a goal, you're talking about the half-time team talk, I think losing a goal within two minutes of the start of the second half kind of changes the complexion and you need to come out firing in the second half just so that you can actually build your way back into the game. To lose that, then if people start getting uh, touchy and things, and then obviously losing a couple on the back of that. So it's a different, mm. d- d- disappointing afternoon for him. Ian, in terms of performance levels, what, what did please you today? Young Aidan Fitzpatrick again is is on the score sheet. He's clearly one that's been impressing recently. He was great in the first half, and they, they got the ball to him a lot and gave him service. Second half, he only got a touch of the ball. I don't know if Ross County just caught off his supply to him, but uh, it looks like Gary Harkins ran out of steam. In fact, he didn't do a lot in the whole game, to be honest. He, he was out off the pace. Um, some of the substitutions left a lot to be desired as well. Which ones um, in particular? They, they took Dolan off, which brought Scott McDonald on, which maybe Dolan wasn't in the game very much. But then, um, I can't remember the second one, was it? Barry was oh, yeah. And, he, and, he, and then they brought in a, 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 set, a striker for him And I thought that was screaming out for Koulibaly to come on But um, he's more a midfielder than a striker So to me it was a strange, strange substitution Well disappointing day at the office Thank you to Ian, a Partick Thistle fan from Bearden It is a result which sends Partick Thistle back bottom of the table That said it is so tight I mean, yeah. it, it can. It, it's going to be a lot of twists and turns for, for sure Between yeah. now and the end of the season <laughs> The concern for Ian The Partick Thistle fans though is No matter the sequence of good results That they had They're still bottom They're still fighting to get out of the bit And it's just a, a season long struggle for them yeah. 01419511025 That's the number you need You can tweet us at Clyde SSB uh, On Twitter as well We're going to do a couple of things Look back on today's games And look ahead to tomorrow's as well Let's do that with Craig Who's a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow Craig That trip to Hamilton well, How are you doing um, Well 
you know, I, I think that to me, Steven Gerrard, he cannot change the shape from the way it was at on Wednesday night um, against Kilmarnock. That is the shape that works for Rangers now. Morelos not being there, I can understand why he does make these changes and, and, and why he thinks he needs to. But to me, I think on with tomorrow, Kyle Lafferty should be given the nod to start that game up front in the role that Morelos is normally in with the same kind of shape we've got because I think he can play in that shape. And unlike Defoe, you know, Kyle Lafferty can play on an AstroTurf pitch. Defoe clearly is not comfortable on, you know, the, the 3G, 4G AstroTurf pitches. And, you know, at Hamilton, that's what you've got. So I think we've got to play to the strengths we've got. And I know there'll be a lot of people who'll be screaming at the radio going a bit Lafferty. He's not done a lot. Well, to me, he's not been given much opportunity to do that. So Gerard has to surely bring somebody in who can play in that shape rather than change it drastically to fit around Jermaine Defoe. Because that's what cost us points against St Johnston last weekend um, in, in my opinion I said on the show last week uh, Craig that I felt as if it needed someone with a bit more presence I don't think Jermaine Defoe is actually suited to this shape uh, because I've never seen him lead the line uh, on his own he's always had a, a wingman with him somebody to take the pressure off a taller uh, player uh, someone like Berbatov when he was playing at Spurs uh, and uh, I quite agree with you in some respects that if you put Lafferty in there, that gets that, and you don't actually have to uh, make too many significant changes. I thought in the middle of the park, Rangers were excellent the other day. Kent and Candace were putting in some great balls. So to keep that continuity, for me, probably Lafferty would be more suited to just having that, that lone striker. But whether Steven Gerrard does that or not, I'm not too sure because it, it seemed to me we were listening to the press conferences that Defoe would be the go to guy tomorrow. What do you think, Mark Wilson? You know. It's one of the ones I'm genuinely not sure who I would who I would pick. I agree with the shape. It has to say the sh- it has to say so the same. That means that picking them both is out the question. Yeah. Then. So picking them both, yeah, out the question. Now, Defoe for what he's done in his career, I suppose you would. There's a part of me that would go, yeah, you put him because the career he's had. But at this moment in time, you, I suppose you can't judge it like that. The way Hamilton play, physical guys at the back. You may need a striker to go up there and battle And that's certainly not Jermaine Defoe's game So then you get to what Craig's saying Kyle Lafferty may be the best option Someone who is physical Someone who started the season very well With hearts, scoring goals And okay, he's not quite hit the heights at Rangers That some would have thought But he's not been in the team a lot So it's a, it's a good I, question I would, I would tend to go with Lafferty tomorrow For that game on that surface against that side um, I would go for Lafferty Had it been at Ibrox I would have went to four Whoever plays for Rangers It ought to be a challenge To each and every individual To prove That they are not As some people are saying A one man team Morelos in the team Goals Morelos out of the team Struggle to score goals So whoever plays That should be the challenge to them mm. uh, Hang on there Craig And I'll play the thoughts of Stephen Gerrard Then going into tomorrow's game It's a must win game for us I spoke about the, the mentality and, and the attitude of the players Going into every game So it doesn't matter Who's selected to play Who's available um, Everyone's got to go in With the same attitude and mentality To try and win the game Of course you always want your, your, your best players available And I think at times It's hit us hard When we've had suspensions To, to keep players uh, In big games And that's something we want to try and eradicate moving forward. We want all our best players fit and available. Um, unfortunately, he's not available at the weekend, but I've got other top options as well. Craig, how big a game is it tomorrow? You're listening to the manager there saying it's you know sort of must-win type thing. You go along with that? I, I would definitely go along with that. I think um, you know, any Rangers fan would tell you that 
irrespective of whether or not you know we're eight points behind Celtic, we could be a point behind Celtic. If you can't go to places like Hamilton when you're Rangers and win, then that's a problem. That that to me is a must-win game. And I think you know where I get quite annoyed with with Dara is that I feel like whenever Rangers do have poor performances or whatever, he keeps talking about this mentality issue that you know he's got to drum into the players and he's always having to talk to them. But hold on a minute here, they're playing for Rangers who are supposed to be trying to go for a title. Why should he have to every other game constantly? drill the winning mentality into the players that shouldn't be happening if he cannot get that drilled into them once and get them understanding that that is the way that they're going to play then I can't see you know how going forward it's actually going to work but tomorrow it is absolutely must win for Rangers you lose tomorrow Celtic are playing Motherwell at Celtic Park I would expect that Celtic will get three points that's not to disrespect Motherwell but you know they have a 100% record at Celtic Park this season. So, you know, they get three points and Rangers don't. It is game over as far as the league's concerned. So, it's yeah, it's absolutely must win. I, I get Gerard's point, though, saying he has to drum it into players in certain times because, you know, although they're playing for Rangers, there'll be some players who have never He's played with that expectation of winning every week. You know, you look through the, the team, guys aren't used to that. Whether Steven Gerrard, when he was a player, playing at a club like Liverpool... His mentality was to win every week, you know, and, and certain players aren't like that. So I get what he's meaning. His expectations are so high. He knows what it means to play for a club that's got a huge fan base and huge expectations, whether he's probably seen some of his players thinking, if we win a couple of games, we're doing well here. And that's that's not the case at, mm. at Rangers. They need to win every week, not just one or two. I mean, Hugh, because even, even if it's not going to be a, a close title challenge this season, we'll, we'll find out. But uh-huh. if, if this is supposed to be part of a bigger picture If it's not going to be this season And Rangers are wanting to build towards next season You're still looking for signs of that You're looking for a run of Six consecutive wins Eight yeah, consecutive yeah. wins So yeah. that when the end of the season comes You can say well okay We fell short as some people thought we would But they look at that Look at, look at what we did Look how we finished the season and, and it gives you that belief to sort of build again If Rangers were to If this was to peter out and Rangers Finish with a bigger gap than last season, for instance, which I don't know might happen, might not. Then that that would be a bit of a problem from this building perspective. A lot of things could yet happen. Celtic's result last week at R- Rugby Park was terrific from their perspective, but they still have work to do. There is no point in saying that Celtic were declared champions last Sunday. They were not. They still have to work at this, and that includes. Motherwell at Celtic Park And I understand what Craig says Celtic Invincible So far This season At Celtic Park You would expect them to win Rangers have absolutely No margin for error And I think the problem That sometimes People like Steven Gerrard have With squads Like the one At Steven Gerrard's disposal He had the stellar career He was the Iconic footballer He's now dealing with footballers Who are not as good as he was 0141-951-1025 Thank you to Craig and Cumbernauld We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB Incidentally just while we're on the topic Here's what Brian Rice thinks of it tomorrow If you're in fear of them and in awe of them Then you automatically go defensive I want us to be positive And I think that comes from, from me I think that comes from me and the coaching staff On the training field I want us to go out there I want the players to go and express themselves I want them to uh, enjoy themselves And I think if you enjoy yourself you work hard And I think if you work hard then you enjoy it as well Vice versa I'm not the sort of coach that wants to sit in and stifle other teams, even if they've got better players than us. I think, you know, football doesn't change. I think it's 11 v 11. We're at home. We want to go on the front foot. We know at times that the 
We've got to be pegged back. We're going to have to defend crosses, set plays, balls into the box, everything that Rangers throw at you. So why can't we do that today? Up to you. Look back on today's results. Look ahead to tomorrow's games or anything else that's on your mind. 0141951025. We'll do more of that next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Alex Ray, Mark Wilson, Hugh Keevans here to take your calls. 01419511025 is the number you need. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. Let's hear from some of the managers starting to make their way in from today. Let's start with who's been first up, Gary Holt. He's uh, stopped a bit of a slide for Livingston. Let's hear from him. I think they got what they deserved today. Uh, whereas I spoke openly about form results, how we, how you want it. I, I take away the Motherwell first half and we were utter rubbish. Um, we've been excellent. We've been at it. We've been in games. We've lost 1-0, 2-1. Last week was a sore one um, with 10 men. And to get a chance of getting someone out of the game and it, it gets taken away from you. Um, so today to get the rewards, it's... Uh, that play deserved, I think. Um, I'm very happy with the, for the lads, to be honest. No, no, I, th- I think it was a, a good game of football with two teams, and like we showed them the utmost respect that they deserved. They, they're a top six side, uh, top four side, and being at the top of the table, so you have to you have to give them the the respect and and how we went about the game, the change of system, the, the personnel, um, the game plan to go and try and hurt them when we had the ball and I think we'd done that. Yes, we had other chances but we rode our luck a wee bit with them hitting the bar so um, it was a good good game of football that I'm, I'm delighted that we, we got a clean sheet, we got the three points and Chris has came in and he's got his first goal for the club. Nine without a win going into today, mm. then beats a Kilmarnock side which we know are traditionally very hard to beat these days. Livingston now only... Four points off the top six. Yeah, still can they still harbour those ambitions? I don't think so. I, I don't think they're top six material. However, they're in the division, and that's all that matters. When they were promoted, everyone assumed that they go straight back down yeah. like a rubber ball, and it hasn't happened. Yeah, you'd, you'd much rather be in their position just now. You know, don't have to worry about anything behind them, so they can potentially relax. But. I'm with you. I, I think the three teams ahead of them, Motherwell, St. Johnson and Hibs, are better placed mm. uh, or, or look a better bet to finish in the top six than they do. But uh, again, it, it must be a great feeling for Gary Holt for when he came in, change a manager. You know, the, the turmoil at Livy at the start of the season with Kenny Miller, you know, leaving, you kind of looked at it and thought they will go straight back down like we all thought. But He'll be pleased today, Matt, won't he? He'll be pleased oh, with the fact he's yeah. went to a back four instead of his normal back three, tried of and course. tested. So he's, yeah. he's, he's changed things up. He's managed to get the three points. Rode his luck a little bit. We're saying Kamal hit the woodwork three times, but they've got some in and uh, the next fixture as well. So that's going to be spicy. Uh, yeah, just a reminder of the scores from today If you're just joining us Hearts 1, St Mirren 1 St Mirren fans quite keen to hear from you You know The performances are certainly getting better You're picking up points at difficult places Of course we're going to need 3 points at some stage Livingston 1, Kilmarnock 0 St Johnston 0, Aberdeen 2 And our featured championship match Partick Thistle are back to the bottom After being beaten 4-2 at home by Ross County What about tomorrow Motherwell fans Celtic fans We've not heard from you yet What are you thinking Ahead of that game At Celtic Park Give us a shout 0141 951 1025 A call all the way From Florida Ooh. From Crawford Who is a Hearts fan In Florida Hi Crawford What's your point tonight uh, It's just about What's been going on With Hearts recently I mean we had a great start To the season 
won eight on the bounce, I think it was, and then we had the Celtic semi-final. Now, ever since Naismith got injured, it's just not been good enough. And I personally believe Craig Levine as a manager is far too defensive. He can't break teams down when they come to Pincastle. Like a St Mirren, bottom of the table. It's just not good enough. And if it was me, I'm looking for a manager that was like a George Burley, who can go and attack teams and not be bothered with who's in front of the Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, whatever. So if it was me, no really caring about who was in the job, I would get Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon's one of those people that when he sees a Celtic and a Rangers, he goes, you know what? I'm going to go and beat them. In smaller teams, he wants to go and battle them. And it's just not happening under Levine. It's far too negative and far too defensive. He's good enough. That's not in doubt. He's good enough to be the manager of Hearts. I don't think the Hearts supporters would accept Neil Lennon as their manager. And it would be very difficult for him having managed Hibs to then go and manage their biggest rivals in the city. Uh, as I say, your point about Neil Lennon's ability to manage Hearts is well made and his managerial style going for victory rather than parking any buses. I just do not think the Hearts supporters would accept Neil Lennon as Hearts manager. Not a chance, Hugh. There's not a chance. No, I mean, Crawford it. would, but you no, mean the, the, I mean, the masses? I mean, um, and he may well be in a minority, uh, Gordon. Uh, for me, uh, I don't think that's a possibility. Uh, going back to his point in terms of where Hearts should be, uh, a couple of points off Kamarnock. From uh, At the end of the season, I would suggest that Hearts will be above them, Kamarnock, and being fourth. Uh, and for, for overall in the, the grand scale of things, I don't think. I'm just saying, Crawford. I don't think Hearts expect to be any higher than than fourth position this season. Purely for the point of view as the amount of injuries I've had over a sustained period of time, long term injuries. So you know, I know they've had wee spells where they're there. I think they'll miss Naismith if he decides to go to the MLS next year because when you look at the statistics, it's something along the lines of twenty wins in twenty four games that he started. So. It's, it's a phenomenal return and he's a quality player to lose. Crawford. Yeah, it's, I understand what Alex and what you were saying about the position of Hearts. I understand that we're not going to win the league. I understand that we're not not going to split Rangers and Celtic anytime soon. But the problem is, with a lot of supporters as well, if you look back to what Levine did when he was first in charge, it's far too defensive. Hearts, play, Hearts supporters want to see their team go out there and attack teams. It's no, it's no good enough just to go, do you know what? We're going to hit them on set pieces. Yes, Naismith has been a fantastic player. Ikpiazu, a great signing. Nobody thought he would be that. But we want to see teams go out there and attack, play nice football. See all this long ball and when we go to Celtic Park and Ibrox sitting in, it's no good enough. We are a big team in Scotland. No Crawford, doubt Crawford I accept everything you, big enough. I accept everything you are saying about what Hearts might need. And what Neil Lennon can provide However In all my years of doing this job I've only once seen a football manager Attacked during the course of a game And it happened at Tynecastle And the manager was Neil Lennon I have also witnessed Neil Lennon being struck by a coin At Tynecastle And for those reasons And because of the intense rivalry within the city I don't think the Hart supporters Would accept Neil Lennon as their manager Neil Lennon I know would be brave enough to give it a try And has the ability mm. to succeed But I do not believe 
Did Hart supporters Would accept Neil Lennon as their manager oh, That was Crawford's suggestion By the way We didn't just bring that up As a, as a topic But the reason Crawford's frustrated Is after a one-all draw At home to St Mirren Oren Kearney Had a big part to play In that I'm sure I'd have probably took One, one defeat and one win <laughs> Would be a point better off But um, um, no, I think for the group At this point in time the, I think the two performances Are as important as the two points Because um, you know, the consistency of performance last week, the consistent carrying that through to, to this week as well. Um, you know, we're very happy with that. Probably just a little bit of finishing in the first half, probably that let us down from 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 maybe being in a position to to try and grab all three. Ah, uh, don't talk to me about penalties and shouts and lines and ins and outs and everything else that goes with it. We've had our we've had our fair share of those. Um, it's hard to know again instinctively at the time. I'm shouting penalty, but that's just probably the bias more than anything else. But it's it's right on it. It looks it looks very very uh, very close. I'd like to see it back probably before I could I could make a, a definitive comment. What did your players say about it? Did they think it was on the line that it should have been? I, I don't. I didn't even <laughs> haven't even had a chance to uh, to ask them to find out. Um, so I, I I'm sorry, I'm not sure. Going into these two games, you probably have taken two points from that, but looking back on them now, are you disappointed that you had your chances to win both? You could be greedy, yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not going to shy away from Aberdeen. Had had a few chances last week, hard to have a few chances today as well. So, um, you know, yes, it would have been nice probably to grab three and one of the two. Um, I think just for our group and the new group that it is, the fact that we've strung two really good solid performances to bet together in two weeks is as good maybe as those extra points maybe that we didn't get because you're hoping that is a real catalyst and, and, and brings the group tighter together I mean it is important to focus on the positives if you're St Mirren yes you're bottom of the table you're four points adrift we get that it's clearly not an ideal situation but those two results show signs of life no one was giving them much chance of getting yeah. anything at Pataudry they did same again today at Tynecastle and they did I was yeah. I was slightly puzzled with Oren Kearney before the game when he says he was encouraged with previous results. Take away the Dundee United game. Now, yeah, the Aberdeen one, but before that, I'm looking at results, going, where's he getting that from? But when you look at it now, you know, go away to Petardry and get a point, and you get a point at Tynecastle, it does look encouraging. And they like playing against Hearts. They beat them. Remember early on in the season, two yeah. uh, 0 didn't quite follow that up. After that, people thought that would be the catalyst to go on and really push on didn't happen the St Mirren fans will be desperate for this to be something to build on because I think that's two great they're, results they're, actually, they're, in they're going into a really interesting period now because on the back of two really difficult Aberdeen and Hearts away from home they've got Livingston Kamarnock St Johnston and Dundee uh-huh. now there's points there yeah. you're looking at these little blocks and you're thinking we need to make a move there and that'll be kind of crucial in the next couple of weeks for them Thank you to Crawford as a Hearts fan in Florida Kenny's also a Hearts fan from Airdrie I think he wants to respond to that point Kenny Hi guys I said it to you I think I said it last week You did I Kenny. would have Lennon in a heartbeat if, if, and, and you I'm not uh, picking for the coin incident I mean it's, it's a problem that a Hearts player attacked him and, and the coin uh, Would that mean that Chris Boyd will not play it, uh, Against Celtic again Because he got struck by a coin You know I think I think Neil Lennon, as, as you say, is a brave enough man, and I, I seriously would love him being a horse. Um, Kenny, give me a bit more as to to why, because if any, imagine someone had been away for a few months and they turned on, they'd think that Hearts didn't have a manager or that Craig <laughs> Levine was, you know, like hanging on by his, his finger to, uh, fingertips. As, as Alex, I think, pointed out, you're two points behind Kilmarnock, who most people think have had a wonderful season, yeah. and I'm not saying they haven't. Like, full credit as always to. To what's been going on there But you're two points Behind Kilmarnock Is it is it really time To be worrying about Who the next manager is? Well Gordon I, I think uh, I think When the, the guy The first call, the caller Previous to me 
I think that we all see that they're playing far too defensive. You know, I mean, Levine was a, a cracking defender, uh, but he was also in a team where you had Robertson, Cahoon, all up front, you know what I mean? Th- things like that. So I think he's trying to get a balance, and I, I think, as I can't imagine if it was Alec that said about all the injuries we've had all yeah. season, but I really think if that team gets a wee chance, but I'm only throwing the point in that if Levine, there's wee rumours that because of the wee health scare he had earlier that he might be going back upstairs. Now, I don't know if there's any truth in that, but if, if that was to happen, I would have Neil Lennon in a heartbeat because he'd put a bit of bite back in the team. Well, as I say, he's brave enough to try it uh, and he would uh, attempt to win over those who have previously attacked him. Um, and it would be a fair old irony, the man who left Hibbs. Uh, under peculiar circumstances He did not jump He was not mm. pushed But somehow He lost his job For, for the life of me who I cannot even yeah. get this in, Out my head That this is a possibility You know in terms of An actual realistic possibility I take their point on board That they would Quite happily take them But not for me Thanks to Kenny Let's look ahead to Celtic Motherwell tomorrow The thoughts of Callum McGregor Yeah I think it'll be A tough test for us again um, You know Motherwell Always come and make it difficult Especially when you, you Go to their place So uh, we'll need to try and use that as a home advantage and you know as I say they're, they're in good form they've sort of changed slightly the way they play got a, a lot of young guys in now so um, you know they're going well confidence is high so we need to be ready for it as well you know we know exactly what we're trying to do um, you know we've got to be, perform better in their games as you say they've, they've tricked points off us earlier on in the season and you know you've got to remember that as well when you go into these games you, you want to put that right I'd imagine some of Celtic's winter recruits, Hugh, were built, were brought in for, for weeks like this because mm. Europe doesn't really become as much of an issue when you can start Scott Sinclair, who didn't play the other night. Yeah. You can start Odson Edward, who didn't start the other night. Yeah. You know, the, Bale, who is not in the in well, yeah. the, the yeah, Europa yeah, League yeah. squad, he, you know, he's available if that's if that's going to be off the bench. So, you know, I, I'm not sure there's any really huge question marks hanging over the Celtic team no, in the selection tomorrow I, I think the, the, the only interest will be would he Brendan Rodgers be tempted to go with Bio having brought him on at the, the very end of the game against Kilmarnock uh, or Timothy Weir um, yeah I think Weir's a better bet would Kieran Tierney uh, be brought back in for that game It was the, there was talk that they were uh, targeting that match for Kieran Tierney's comeback Celtic have the Huge array of talent The player pool to draw from So that's not a problem For Brendan Rodgers uh, Motherwell represent the problem uh, With their form Six wins on the bounds But uh, Callum McGregor I thought was uh, Terrific against Valencia Midweek uh, He is simply That guy at Celtic Who is 8 out of 10 every week for you uh, And he will take the brown slot Tomorrow in the absence of the captain through suspension uh, And Celtic in terms of their strength Will be absolutely fine It depends on what Motherwell want to do with this game Are they going to come here and give it a real shot? Just a thought from Tony on Twitter Who admits he is a Celtic fan But he says Why Rangers haven't bent over backwards to sign Stephen Naismith is beyond me If he was in that Rangers team from January They may still be fighting for the title Says Tony on Twitter at Clyde SSB The number you need is 0141-951-1025 We're going to hear from Stevie Clark after these Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors 
compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompsons.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray are here waiting for your calls. We're also on Twitter at Clyde SSB. What about this today, Hugh Keevans? Uh-huh. I mentioned earlier that Charlie Mulgrew had scored again. He scores a lot, doesn't he, for Blackburn? We usually mention it when he shows. Did you know, first of all, it was straight from a corner? No way. No. And did you know, furthermore, that is the third, third, by the way. Time this season uh-huh. This season uh-huh. That he scored directly From a corner That's remarkable You should have saved that For next week's teaser And you would have ruined it um, <laughs> Talk me through that Because I'm sure People will go their Whole football Playing career Watching yep. career Having never seen Someone score directly From a corner This guy alone Does it three times In just over half a season Have you seen it Mark? I haven't, I haven't experienced it In a game I've been at this No a game I've been involved in No Can, can no. I give you An old Codgers story? Go on sure Charlie Tully Playing for Celtic At Falkirk Scored direct From the corner And it was as if The referee thought Nah Nah I've never seen that before Take it again Made him take it again take, And he scored again Straight from the what corner again yeah. You're joking Yeah It was made to take it Is again Is a keeper in here yeah Yes yes Purely on, on the grounds I think that the referee thought Something must have happened there People don't score direct From corner kicks Take it again <laughs> and, he, and he scored again Wow Mm, that's that's some talent to do that I, I mean you've, you're, you're, going to, you're going to be questioning the goalkeeper at some point And the wind and all the other things that can help But even just from from a, an, the, the odds the odds yeah. of it happening I'm talking about You know, three times in one season well, less, than, are less than a season Now physical specimens Unlike any other time in the game yeah. uh, Defences should be organised in such a way That in today's game You would think Once okay Twice, really? But three yeah. times, the same wow. player I'm sure there was a Ross County one a few weeks ago I'm sure Ross County scored direct from a, a corner May have been in the cup but you, you two, so you were talking about your own careers You didn't see it at all, no? Never from, in a game not, I was involved in yeah, No, Me neither No, but no? Oh, I mean, Charlie has got some left foot in him I'll, I'll give him that uh, Unbelievable But to do it for a corner three times is Brilliant, isn't it? Is uh, extra special I wonder what his goal tally is actually at just now I think it's double figures Is it? For a big defender? Hmm no, you I'll look that up You can look it up Alex <laughs> Ray Whilst I I have a look at my inbox To see what Manager audio Is making its way to us What about Gary Caldwell Hugh I think we need to hear from him Don't absolutely. we Absolutely 2-0 up Finished 4-2 to Ross County Played absolutely brilliant For 45 minutes Totally in control Could have been more uh, Against the best team In this league And then I think complacency Is, is the word that I'd use Uh and I said to the players, when you think you've cracked it in football, then you'll pay a heavy price because you need to keep running, you need to keep tackling, you need to keep doing the ugly side of the game to to have any chance of winning any football match. And uh, We spoke about the next 10 minutes of the first half about their energy levels and if we gave them anything, they would go up. They did. And ours went down. And it's a massive lesson that, that we have to learn, but a harsh one. Was that a case of the, the heads just seemed to go down after Ross County's goal and the players couldn't claw it back after that? I think when it sets in, then, then you can't get rid of it. It's not like you can change it. We could change the shape. We could have put as many subs as we wanted on, but it had set into the team. Uh, the mentality had set in, and you can't then turn it back round. You can't change it uh, in that moment. So I think as soon as the first, went goal, uh, first goal went in for, for Ross County, and I feared the worst because I didn't see a reaction. I didn't see any positive uh, body language from anyone, and 
Uh, that's because at half time, as we left the change room as a group of players, they thought it was enough what we'd done when uh, it's nowhere near enough. We have to continually have an attitude of improving and being better. And even if we're 2 0 up, it, it, it needs to be 3 and 3 needs to be 4, and we have to have that attitude, and we didn't have it today. So, like Sir Alex says, complacency is a disease. Although I don't know what the Thistle players have to be complacent about. Even at 2 nothing up, uh, they should remember that they started the day in the bottom three in the championship table and they finished the day bottom. Mm, the worrying thing is, if you're, or if you're a team playing against Thistle now and you, know. you go behind at half-time, your, your team talk is, well, at Ross County, their own managers came out and said that once it sets in, it's it's irreversible almost. So we're straight back in this game if we get a goal. So that's the thing that other teams will take encouragement from. But it's been hanging around Thistle all season that once you go ahead, we've said it for weeks, we said it today, once they go ahead, they just look vulnerable uh, at conceding. And then they can't keep the ball mm. in the net again and again. And that's why they're in that position, which they are just now. Charlie McGrew's got 10 goals for the oh, season so right. far. You've been doing a bit of research over there in the corner, have you? It's you not have bad to, for the defender. Well, I did say double figures, yeah. Anyway, see, uh, uh, if he's in a Scotland shirt and he's not on corners from now on, there'll be questions asked, surely. Have if he scored three straight from a corner, he's got to be on our set pieces. Yeah. 0141 There's still time for you to get your calls in. Just though, we're running out of time slightly at Clyde SSB um, on Twitter. Let's hear from. Stevie Clark, shall we? He's been speaking mm. after a defeat today. I'm sure many people would have expected him to to get something at Livingston, but they couldn't this afternoon. Let's get the thoughts of Stevie Clark. We were in the game for the first minute to the last minute. Uh, boys that came in did great. No, no complaints as a coach. You look at your team, you look at the effort, the application. Maybe we maybe we, we just lacked a little bit of quality in the final third at times, but Listen, we hit the crossbar three times. Everybody will look at the result and say, ah, oh, come on, we've gone. But if you've watched that game today, we haven't gone. It's just, been a, it's just been one of the weeks that sometimes turn up and remind you that professional football is a tough game. Did you think Rory's was in? Because it looked from an angle at first as if it was going to end up. Yeah, when it comes off the goalkeeper, you're, you're thinking if you get to the, the rebound. And Rory said it actually clipped the post and then onto the underside of the bar. But it didn't fall for us. But it's been a tough week. Uh, we, we don't shout too loudly when things are going really well for us and we won't get too down that, that we've actually had a bad week. The lads have been backing from your fans today as well. Some good backing always, always from a commander fans since the day I walked, walked into Fairhill. Uh, seems like a long time ago, but the day I walked into Fairhill, they've always been with me, always been behind me. So fantastic, great support again and sorry we couldn't send them home happier. Last year, the game, you reacted to Dave King's statement. You said you were quite happy about that. No, no, it's a, it's a great statement for Dave. Uh, much appreciated, and hopefully, like we said on the press conference on Friday, that it can be a little watershed moment, and and maybe, maybe you never know. Maybe it can make a change. It was a great statement for Dave King. Four paragraphs long, but absolutely hit the target spot on. Uh, and all credit to the Rangers chairman uh, for. Saying that uh, he abhorred sectarianism, uh, and well done to him for releasing that statement because sometimes your own club's fans don't take kindly to being told off. But that's not what affected anything today against uh, Livingston. It's just been a bad, bad week for Kilmarnock as a team, uh, and today they've 
simply paid the price for the vulnerability. When saying that, Hugh, when you hit the woodwork three times, you just know it's not going to be your day. I think one of the things he touched upon here is in terms of the fans. Uh, having seen the Commandant fans uh, at Ibrox in midweek, the numbers must be really encouraging for Commandant as a club because, you know, if you look at the last what, year or so, the crowd has continually risen and uh, that allows him to go and buy better players. So it's disappointing week, but they've got some fixtures that, you know, in the coming weeks, whether it's Motherwell and, you know, St Mirren and things, they will expect to try and get back on track. I just wonder now though If that's Kilmarnock season Starting to peter out uh, A bit Done terrifically well First half of the season And my concern was their signings I know they brought some in But When you lose someone like Stuart yeah, I think you're in trouble And when you look From when they beat Rangers Like I said At Rugby Park A draw at Pataudry Could be classed as a, a positive A draw Against Rangers And a cut a positive The rest I'm afraid Have, have been really poor Um and you just wonder if Kilmarnock will drop now a few places or have they got the characters to pull themselves together and start winning again? All right, before we go then, let's get your, your closing thoughts on tomorrow's games. Uh, I foresee uh, Rangers winning at Hamilton, minus Morelos, but surely not minus the ability to take care of a side who have toiled all season long. The ball is then in Celtic's court. I look forward to uh, a match which will surely be of uh, terrific quality uh, with both sides going for it. Uh, and I foresee Celtic winning that one because any other result uh, would be clumsy. Clumsy. I wouldn't say any more than that. <laughs> Good luck, quite like that. Yep. In, in, in terms of the championship, clumsy so. like Alec Ray's attempts at oh, answering the, the second How many half teaser. Many more. That's award-winning radio. <laughs> Listen, Rangers will win tomorrow, but I think they will find it difficult, like they did the last time they went there. Um, I think they'll have to battle, but I think Lafferty would be the the choice to go away up front. Celtic against Motherwell. I can't see Celtic losing, but I expect a hugely entertaining game. And that's down to the way Motherwell have been playing. Looking forward to seeing those guys uh, in action. So, looking forward to another big day of football. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out to a match tomorrow and seeing uh, the Hamilton Rangers game. For me, I expect Rangers to go and secure the three points. Uh, and I expect Celtic to win comfortably, Gordon, because of the home form they got as, you know, formidable. Uh, it was another interesting day in the Scottish Premiership and beyond it finished Hearts 1, St Mirren 1 Livingston 1, Kilmarnock 0 St Johnston 0, Aberdeen 2 and in our featured championship match Partick Thistle were cruising they were 2-0 up and they ended up losing 4-2 to Ross County Thank you Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and the top team all around the grounds for joining me Gordon Duncan We're not away for long We are back tomorrow at midday A six hour special On a Sunday Hugh Keevans oh, 18 hours And we're back here 18 hours You just get the sleeping bag out Sleep in the office And I'll see you In the morning Should be a good day Of football uh, Make sure you stay Where you are though Because if you want Your weekend to get started In style There's only one man For that job GBX is up and next GBX. Give up on your fitness goals this weekend. Get active, have fun, scale new heights on the climbing wall and aerial assault course at Into Brewhead. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.